So you see, every day, every week, every month, and every year of my life, my hero's always 10 years away. I'm never going to be my hero. I'm not going to attain that. I know I'm not. And that's just fine with me because that keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing. Phil here. So a couple consoles released in the last week or two, and uh, Dave and I decided to dig up this podcast that we recorded, um, I guess about a year ago, where we talked about our childhood and the experiences that we had and how much we loved all the consoles that we grew up with. So it seemed like great timing, and I hope that everyone enjoys it. I also just wanted to take a moment to recognize our good friends, Brian and Kevin, both of whom have lost family members recently and Brian lost an uncle and a grandparent and Kevin lost a grandparent just a few days ago so just want you guys to know that we're thinking about you and you know our thoughts and prayers go to you and your families during what's obviously a very difficult time so without further ado enjoy the podcast thanks hey Dave here just a quick heads up Phil and I got a little bit excited looking at the video game console history on uh, Wikipedia. So you're going to hear us jump right in. I put that in the show notes along with a bunch of other links you can check out that we reference. Enjoy. Like I jumped in on the Atari 2600. I remember hearing about the Magnavic, uh, Magnavox Odyssey, but that was the first one. And a lot of people leave that off lists. So we've got that one. The second link, and I'll put all the stuff in show notes too. The um, consoles adjusted for inflation. That one's from 2016, and it's just prices and original stuff. And then there's a Reddit one from 2013, which I actually like the format of this better because it's got the pictures of all the consoles. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the prices weren't adjusted for inflation for past five years. But still, oh yeah, look at that. Yep. And I can look at this and be like, wow, I have most of these. Mm-hmm. Except for ones that were like crazy, like Neo Geo, I didn't get and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I started out with the Atari twenty six hundred, and it wasn't even mine; it was my cousin's. But it basically was mine. I was all over that thing. Every time I went to visit them, I was playing Pitfall, Pac Man, like everything, Space Invaders, Pinball, everything. I was on top of it. And then I got a Nintendo and that like started me as like an owner of these things. And I just fell in love with the thing. Yeah. So let's, let's start with that. Cause that was when I came on too. And what's interesting, if you look at the Wikipedia article is units sold. And so look at, scroll down to Atari 2600. So it came out in 1977. Mm-hmm. So I was three, Mike was just born and I know we got a used one. I remember my parents buying a used one and it says 30 million units sold. So 30 million in 1977 is huge. Oh yeah. Everyone had one. Yeah. And that's just North American numbers. Mm -hmm. And um, did you see ready player one? I did. I read it actually first. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. So I hadn't read it. And, um, that was the first time my kids saw an Atari 2600 game being played mm-hmm. in that movie. 
and that started bringing back all memories for me too of uh because i remember a game that was like that where you'd go around and you'd look for the secret rooms and it, i thought it was like a D D game mm-hmm. i can't think of it now and uh that was the same thing for me too man i had played uh, missile command for hours to the point where I got like an ultra high score and you had to send the picture in. Uh-huh. Right. Um, like I beat missile command. Wow. Remember it took, took me forever. Yeah. And I was really good at it. And I was just spending hours in the den on this 2600. Mm-hmm. So they had like in the back of the book, if you sent in the picture with your high score, they would go ahead and like send you an award. So, I got it. I was like, mom, mom, come take a picture. Remember she took a picture. And then back then you had to wait for the film to be developed. Mm -hmm. So it was like two weeks later after enough pictures were taken. Oh boy. And it went through and I opened it up and there was me all smiling next to the TV. And the TV was nothing but a big reflection of the flash. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It was none of that, like, I don't even think you could even turn off flashes back then, man. It's like 1980. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know either. or something like that. I'm sure. Yeah, it must have been 82 because it was before I got ColecoVision. Um, wow, only 2 million sold on the ColecoVision. Yeah, so, I knew, yeah, I knew I one think, person that had the ColecoVision, and that was it. Everyone else was Atari all the way. Well, yeah, and this is putting it in good time perspective because ColecoVision didn't come out till 82. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost like an iteration. So this was the second gen. So the first gen was the Magnavox Odyssey. And then I never played that. And so then five years later, because that looks like 72. And then five years later is when 2600 came out. Now, I remember this was that back then, was this like for you, like you would see electronics in Sears? Yeah. I remember seeing computers in Sears, Mm -hmm. consoles in Sears. It was like you'd go to the mall, and that's where you would see yes. the stuff. Sears is where you went for stuff. Yeah. And I remember this, that the Atari 5200, which came out in 82, was like a flop. And it was supposed to be like an updated um, – like the controller looked more like a ColecoVision. Because I remember the ColecoVision coming out at the same time with right. like the pad. I don't even remember that thing, to be honest with you. I, I remember vaguely that it existed, but I don't ever remember seeing it. Yeah, well, what happened was we – so this is like the dream, right? And I think everybody – it was a little different for you because although maybe I I did have the 2600 first. So for me, it was always like I wanted to be as impressed with the graphics from these consoles as I was the first time I played a 2600. And what happened was – and it was right when the 5200 and ColecoVision came out – is that – these things, there was so much crap games out there and they just kept charging more and more that eventually people got bored with it. And there was like a, not a lot of innovation in the space. And then remember that E.T. game was like the signal of it. Like E.T. was all this hype and it was a total crap game. And they wound up buying hundreds of thousands of the cartridges in the desert. I played that game. Yeah, I think everybody did. And it was just, uh, it was burnout. And so it all went away. And I remember that's a weird feeling. Gamers today don't have that. Like imagine being a gamer and then all of a sudden the games industry goes away. Mm -hmm. And so what happened for me was when that crashed around 80, 
actually let me see I, I bet you it was like 84 when the console crash was let me let me google this when was the console crash and so ColecoVision for me just to before i forget about this was um we saw it in sears or macy's or something like that and there was smurf castle and i was like wow this is the same as like arcade like this is the most amazing thing and i remember toys r us had this trade-in thing to like upgrade to a ColecoVision. so that's how we got it and uh, yeah, but nobody had it. All right, so Vidal recovered a few years later. Yes, yeah, so for, for me it was different because I would go to to my family um, down south for the summer. So every time I went there, the Atari was just waiting yeah, for me. And and I didn't have any real perspective of what came out when whatever. I just knew that when I was at my family's house, I was turning that Atari on and I played it for summer after summer after summer. I must have played it for five six years before I finally got a Nintendo Entertainment System. And that's one. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I love hearing this stuff because you've, you've had like an entirely different perspective. Mm -hmm. Like basically when college hit, I destroyed you and made you just as bad as me when it comes to like, (laughs) but before that, like I was always fascinated um, of the journey to get there. Right. So what happened with me? So this is right. 83. So 1983 is when this market crashed. So in 83, I jumped into Commodore computers. And so what happened is I went from, and the same Atari joysticks you could plug in. Mm-hmm. So I still had my joysticks. You could use them on the Commodore. And I remember back then, like you couldn't even, a VIC-20 was my first Commodore. And I remember my parents saving up, like putting it on layaway. Because it was like, we didn't have a lot of money, but this stuff I think was expensive oh, yeah. back then too. I had a Texas Instruments that was basically, so I, I, so I lied. The, the Nintendo Entertainment System was not the first system I had. I had a Texas Instruments computer like a ti something i don't remember what it was but it accepted cartridges and they were all ripoffs of um atari games like they didn't have pac-man yeah they had munch man <laughs> i don't i think it was oh yeah to get around the copyright yeah oh wow so look at this man i just sent you a link this is talking about the video games crash so this is great because this one does have prices in 2017 because a lot of this we didn't know. It was like our parents doing this, and they didn't really talk money to me when I was that age because you're talking, uh, let's see, 74, 6, so I was 9. Mm-hmm. It's about as old as my my youngest. So the according to this, in 2017, the VIC-20 was 500 bucks, and the Commodore 64 was 1265 Wow. Yeah, so that's why this stuff was so expensive. So if you look in the um, the Zencaster chat, I just put a link in there to the TI thing I had. I found it online. It was called the TI-99, and me and my brother just loved this thing. Oh, no, that's Texas Instruments. Yeah. I think I saw this one. Right? Yep. Yeah, let me go. And it look. accepted these cartridges that slid into like the right, you know, that right like little bay there. Oh, right I remember seeing this thing. And yeah. we had like this game called Parsec. And I still have all my drawings from when I was a kid. And I used to draw – it was kind of like almost like um, Defender maybe, I think, is what the Atari version was. But it was so fun. And I would just draw pictures like this game enthralled me. But there was quite a few you, uh, quite a few Texas Instruments games. And one of them, it, this thing had some sort of an accessory where you could um, hook up like a tape drive to it. And I guess the tapes – had significantly more storage than these cartridges did because we were able to play this um, 
there was a voice synthesizer that we had, which was cool. You could type into it and then it would speak back to you, which I had never seen anything like that before. And I also had this like pirate adventure game that was like a text-based like adventure, you know, where you would, it would tell you kind of the scenario and you'd have to pick from the options that you had to, you know, what was the next move, which I never beat the game, but it was still, uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. I, uh, cause this is what was fascinating. And by the way, I talk about this in my day job of the eighties and the impact it had on us because I thought a lot about this. It was a time when the movies, so books, like think of the books in sci-fi that we were reading back then and think of the movies we were seeing with star Wars and star Trek and even stuff like the black hole mm-hmm. and 2001. And then we like computers were doing things people had never seen before. It was like this perfect storm of sci-fi and what the world was going to be like, right? Now it's taken 30 years for it to get there. But for me, I always like accepted that as just how the world was going to mm-hmm. be. And it was such an exciting Oh yeah, time. Tron came out and, and uh, War Games and all this other stuff. Like yeah, computers yeah, were it. this Tron, very, Tron. very mysterious thing that could do anything. Yeah. My dad used to always say computers are the future. Oh, here we go. TI-99 mm-hmm. is the computer yeah. you had. So let me look up... Uh, so what's in, super interesting, like people won't know this today, but back then, you know, here, let me send this to you, Phil. I just put it in the chat for you. I'll put it in the notes too. Um, back then, there was no like Windows Mac. This is all before, the only thing there was was IBM PC, which was in businesses and cost like five mm-hmm. grand. And so at home computing, I mean, that was Com- That was all the console makers. So it was like Commodore, Atari had their own and then Texas Instruments. So what would happen is there was no unified OS. People were just making mm-hmm. computers. And so like ev- everybody would have different things on their own platform. And it was, it's like, it's weird when, cause I remember watching, it was something on TV. I don't know if it was home shopping network. It was something back then. And they were showing like an Atom computer from ColecoVision 2. And I was like, what the heck mm-hmm. is this thing? But everybody was just making their own computer. I always, because uh, I always go to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, mm-hmm. every year for work. I always remember, I, like, I, I'm fascinated what it must have been like in like 1981, walking around that show floor and computers were like a million. Oh yeah, times. must have been amazing. So I, I just linked you the um, the game list, and there, and then Parsec was one of them there. Munchman, you gotta Did- go. You gotta go get this stuff off. Oh eBay my now. god, <laughs> or at least an emulator. Yeah, it take you back. Parsec, this is pulling up. The link you sent is pulling up what an actual Parsec is. Really? For other uses, see Parsec Disambiguation. Here we go. The 1982 game. This is the one. Here, I'll put this one in. This is the one that... Is this the game? Yeah. It's the same it link. Okay. No, it didn't uh, It didn't come across huh. for me. Okay. Oh, it's you like know, it, it did it the off. same thing it, to me. Oh, you know why? Because there's parentheses. I bet this chat, this um, thing doesn't accept the parentheses. We figured it out. We're computer right. guys. <laughs> so I, I put it in the. I put it in the sheet too. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Oh wow, man, this yeah, is awesome. It was really, really fun. This is probably a straight ripoff of another arcade. Yeah, it's game. basically probably just Defender. So what's fascinating too about this time? Look at developers. Two guys, mm-hmm. Jim Dramus and Paul. That was it. Yeah. So it reminds me, the early computer days reminds me of the early iPhone Mm -hmm. days before there was all these big mega hits is like one person making this 
super hit yeah, or game. the iPad or two people have these like yeah, awful it, games that you would just be like, this is so awesome. I'm just touching a screen and it's doing stuff. Yeah. There's all that indie game. Does. Yeah, for me, I wasn't even into, and, into the graphics that much, you know, that it was more about how the game played and sort of the sound and like the feel of it, you know, Parsec for instance, and um, some of these other games, my, my imagination would fill in the blanks. And so I would fill, my dad would bring home these reams of, of computer paper and I would just draw my own parsec like little adventures on these things um, because it just the thing took took me to, you know, my imagination just went crazy with it. Oh, yeah. That's what you you had to back then. All right. So this, I'm in Commodore and this is what led, we could do a whole nother episode on this. This is what led me into Amiga and all mm-hmm. the other stuff. And so now I'm looking at gaming as something only computers can do. Consoles have completely failed. And so two years later, Nintendo enters the market and revitalizes the whole thing. So 1985 is when we get the NES. Well, it was the Master System, and then the NES came pretty soon thereafter, if I remember. Because that was the big... Uh, that the, was the big... The Master System came out in 86. Oh, did it? So, yeah, I'm looking right now at that. Look at that first oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a time. year later, right. Yeah, and I had the Master System. Well, we had both. And I remember Master System taking those little credit card things, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was I remember being in, and people won't know this who aren't on the East coast, but there used to be this crazy Eddie's his they, prices they were, are they insane. insane. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> and I remember going into crazy Eddie and getting a Commodore 64, the actual beige one. So I was upgrading to a Commodore 64 in 85 and a 1541 honking 1541 disc drive. And at the same time, there was as much buzz and excitement around this NES thing. And I remember being like, what is that? Because it had the light gun. And remember, it had like yeah, a robot that robot. would move discs. Yeah, I was like fascinated by that. But we didn't get it because we could only get one thing. And I remember there was a guy that my younger brother, Mike, uh, down the street. I forget his name. But they had it. And so Mike would come back and tell me about how awesome this thing. Look at that. Almost 62 million NES is sold. Yeah, I, I had the... Um the Nintendo entertainment system and my best friend bought the Sega master system. And so I would play the Sega at his house and he'd come to my house and we'd play the Nintendo. And eventually he just felt like he got the short end of the deal because the game developers were just going crazy developing um, Nintendo games. But the Sega was kind of like, eh, it wasn't really, yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. If you look, 13 million on the Sega compared to 62 million. Yeah, which is still a colossal so, number if you think about it. It had the yeah. superior hardware, but it was like Sega always wound up becoming in second no matter you know, every single oh, you're every right. console. Sega Genesis was like on top of the world forever. And then the then um the Super Nintendo came out and the Sega Genesis was just like just died, died a slow death. So look at this. All right. So this is a super interesting film. You just reminded me of this. So what would happen is it, it seemed like Sega could never get the timing right. Because if you look, they came a year after NES. So everybody, I remember these conversations now. People were like, the Master System is better mm-hmm. graphics, yo. And, and everyone was like, the NES is better games. And so then what happened was Sega doubled down. So if you look like, if you look, if you scroll down in 89, they released the Genesis, yeah. which sold 40 million. So now they're owning yeah. the market, just like you're saying. 
and that but the Super Nintendo came in ninety one right. and sold fifty and just and I, I got that when you and I were freshmen in college. I brought my my Genesis to our dorm room, and so we had that. But then I got the Super Nintendo, and I never looked back because they yeah. took. Man, how they took everything that, that you that loved on the out. Nintendo and just put a Super in front of it and released that game for the for the Super Nintendo. Like Super Metroid <laughs> might be the greatest game I've right. ever played. It was it just completely owned me. I drew the maps. I had the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and there's I mean there's such so here's the part I have a an admission. So I've always been jealous of that because I missed out on that. And it's normal. I like, I'm, it's funny. First of all, in our generation, it was like gaming wasn't normal and it's not mainstream like it was now, right? Gaming, comic books and everything for, for else. For boys, the Nintendo entertainment uh, system was the thing to have and the Sega Genesis. Like I think most of the boys. Yeah, the yeah. yeah it's boys. Yeah, you're right. Um, but what happened with me is because I went down this computer route, even when we met in college, I was into, and I had left Commodore. And our one roommate was still, remember, he was still into oh, the yeah. Amiga in like 91, 92. We were like, yeah, what are you doing? this demo. So I was in, flashing on the screen. Right. So I had moved on. I think it was like 90, 91. I had moved on to these amazing VGA PC games, which is like so much more expensive than oh, console yeah. gaming, right? And so I was like, you see this now on Reddit. I don't know if you've ever checked out Reddit. It's called PC Master Race. It's like all these people who feel that computers are superior to consoles. Um and so I had that attitude. So because of that, I missed out on all these amazing games. And you and my brother and like this whole generation of people that love Nintendo, I always felt like, because what happened was my Commodore Amiga grew in Europe and totally failed here because nobody, it never got adopted. Everybody, Nintendo just owned it. Mm-hmm. And so I have this whole, I actually got a, um, that Super Nintendo that's like a Raspberry Pi that's yeah. like modern day. You can do an HDMI. And I've been going through and just playing games of all the stuff I missed. It's basically. And because I felt like my girls to teach them, I want them to understand what Mario's like and what Metroid's like and where it all began just because I missed out on it. It's this weird thing, but it's just because of the path that I took. And that entire path is based around this. It's because I made a choice that I wasn't going to give up gaming. And the only way you could continue gaming and where you saw a continued evolution and innovation was to hop onto computers. And so I went that route and we didn't have the money. So I got a, my entire thing, man, I got a job at, at 10 years old so that I could get enough money to save for these things. And then I was working McDonald's at mm-hmm. 14 so that I could buy Amiga games. Like it was just, I was always getting a job so I could yeah. game. Me too. It was comic books and it was video games. And that was where my money went. And now it's Fortnite skins for everybody. <laughs> I'm like, can I get this skin? Can I get these V-Bucks? I'm like, get a job. <laughs> nice. So I just found the um, on my computer, I still have saved the list of every Nintendo Entertainment System game that I ever beat. Oh. And then I added the 3DO games, the Super NES games, and I even added some of the um, the PC games and then I kind of let this thing die at the end there. There was a few PC games on here. But um, it's... It, you got to back that up. The list the is problem. 182 games deep. 
and most of it is is Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, I had this whole hustle, man. I was I was the guy in my um, high school that you went to to trade, and so people would basically come to me and I would like trade or I would know who had the games. And so I would set up deals between people like they could, you know, trade Arkanoid for like, you know, ghosts and goblins or whatever. Like I knew every game that everybody had and I knew when they beat it and when they weren't playing them anymore. And so that was just my thing. And then my mom was even, um, she had some friends at work that, that had kids that had Nintendos. And so if I knew that somebody didn't want a game anymore, I kind of had this list of games and I would like act like the dealer for my, my mom's friends. I would sell them like used games and stuff. It was crazy. But I was really about beating every possible game I could get my hands on. Yeah. And that's, you just brought up a good point because I completely forgot. Um, when we started this thing, you remember Toys R Us? Like the way, like you would actually go into Toys R Us and you'd like get a little coupon and there was lines and lines of these things and they were yeah. expensive and it was cartridge based. So yeah, and there wasn't like today where you could just, I mean, today it's digital, but physical, like there was no renting it. There wasn't the yeah. Blockbuster video Not yet. It yep. came with the NES. That came out with, I think later with Super mm-hmm. Nintendo and people, it had to be in in order to rent it. So yeah, you had to go and, trade or swap with people yeah. or look in the paper for used games garage yeah, sale and nintendo had it down because they had that nintendo power magazine and so you want to talk about sticking the needle deep you'd go get yourself a copy of nintendo power and then you you actually saw screenshots and stories and all this other stuff you know they really played up all these games and i used to go through nintendo power and i had a list of every game for the nintendo that existed because I wanted to make sure that if there were any games out there, I would somehow try and get my hands on them. And I, and I oh wow! So you were like playing what was ever new. Yeah, you were everything. playing that. Too. Yeah. So I, so and my, I remember my wow. cousin seeing me. This was when I was down south with my family over the summer, and I had my Nintendo Power and I had my notebook out, and I was going page by page and I was writing things down. She said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm writing down all the different Nintendo games that exist." And she said, "Why are you doing that?" And I was like, "It's because I want to." What do you mean, why? <laughs> but I was just, oh, I was into it, man. That was my thing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Nintendo Entertainment System will forever be my favorite console of all time. You know about the Super NT? No. You don't? Okay, I got to I got to send this to you, man. Um so people keep talking about this thing. Uh do you where do you want me to put it? In the uh in this Do you want me to put it in this window or the Excel put it in spreadsheet? In the Excel spreadsheet. Okay. So um let me copy it. So I'll give you the review first. I'll give you the site. I'm going to get the Genesis one. They just came out with a Genesis one. This thing's incredible. This, like this for you is, is I'm getting so excited for you to be able to do this. So the problem with this stuff is the hardware is getting older, mm-hmm. right? So I just put the Polygon one in. That'll show you the review and link to it. So these guys, it's basically a, a Super Nintendo, but they figured out how to put HDMI video out oh, into wow. it. Okay, and then you can load the games. So you can see like that little cartridge there because a lot of these games don't have copyright anymore. So you could literally go through your list of a 180 and load them all up and it's exactly like it was, but it'll have HDMI. Um, And then it has that, see that cartridge hole? So you can find like where your old cartridges are and put them in. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got rid of that stuff long ago. I actually have a Raspberry Pi now that has 
pretty much every game you could ever want on it for I think there were 16 consoles or something like that that I've got loaded on this bad boy. But what this is, yeah, and but here's the thing, right? Because Raspberry Pi is still emulation. Um, do you know about FPGA systems? Because no. this is what I use on my Amiga too. So, um, so it's it's the, the 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 engineering term is field programmable gate array. So this is what I think this is one of the coolest things to ever come around. So the way it used to work. And you remember, you may have even had classes like this at NJIT. Um, I certainly had it when I, because I started out as computer engineering. You would design everything like mm-hmm. in CAD, the chip, and you'd see all like, you know, it's like how they get all the multiple layers of circuits or whatever in the chip. And then the last thing you would do once you design this thing is it would actually build the piece of hardware, right? So what happens now is they have these chips that can be anything. And so you use that same exact thing, like that CAD program. And then you tell it to go be this chip and it'll actually make itself that chip. Now, some of them, like it only happen once and then it stays that piece of hardware forever, but other ones you can reprogram again. Now, here's the amazing thing. Like they take whole things on the Amiga side. You could take your video chip, your sound chips, you could take multiple chips and then load them on the one chip. And so it's actually those chips, the way that they flow, the way that they communicate, Everything is that piece of hardware. So you don't have to worry about this motherboard or this old thing that's getting destroyed. So that Super Nintendo is Mm. that. So it's literally the same exact, if you're a hardware person, it's the same exact hardware you were playing. It's actually this um, FPGA thing. And so you'll see as like, if I can guarantee you on your Raspberry Pi, if you went through those 180, there'll be little bugs or there'll be like things that don't work necessarily, right? Like this is... The Super Nintendo. Huh. And and so it's, yeah, it's, and then it, because it has the HDMI out, they allow you to change it so it looks mm-hmm. like a CRT. So you, you can do the scan lines and stuff because the scan line stuff is huge. I have the Commodore 64 emulator one, then I have it next to a real 1580, uh, gosh, I forget the name of it, uh, 1084S monitor. And it looks the same with the scan lines because you can do 4, 3 and scan lines. So anyway, I totally get Raspberry Pi and emulation. I'm just saying like there's something about knowing that this is the exact hardware you played when you were 10 years old or 11 years old. Like it's to me, it's even more of the experience, but I'm yeah, super you, nervous. You're, so. You've always been about the look and the graphics. I've always been about the gameplay to me, as long as it's pretty much yeah. the same game, I, I might not even notice <laughs> unless there's bugs, bugs yeah. I'll notice, but I'll bring you, I'll, I'll show it to you one day, man. Here's a, here's another link. Let me put this one in. That'll explain some of it too. Um, Cause that's, I can tell you that what, what's going on with this is that emulation will always save the day because emulation is digital. And so therefore we can always go back to the games that'll be around forever. But for me, the whole experience of actually holding a real Nintendo controller, um, like physically blowing on a cartridge and stuff like putting that in, it's the same with the Amiga hardware that was all part of it too, like the actual, the physicality of the things. So that's why I, I think these devices are important too, because it saves it. I don't know what the heck we're going to do with all our modern hardware. Cause you download it. Like I've been getting nervous lately. Like if I buy a game for PS4, are my great grandkids going to be able to pop that in and play? Or was it like part yeah, of the Sony store? That's all no this longer digital there? stuff. Like you look at these people that are spending a couple hundred dollars a month on Hearthstone cards or whatever. And then once they decide to shut those servers down, you know, 
you can it's gone yeah they're not gonna send it to you because you and i lived through we've lived through mmos it just oh, went yeah. away like all the yeah. time we put in a city of heroes if if we wanted to fire that up and look at how poorly <laughs> dressed your guy was you can't <laughs> yeah but i could certainly put in a 3do game i could do it right now and we could play it together like there's i don't know maybe i'm just old but i've been um I've been actually buying um, physical copies of games for that reason. And it's a pain yeah. because you have to keep the disc in. But I'm like, I can put this in the collection here in my basement. And 30 mm-hmm. years later, I can still fire it up. I think there's going to be a day of reckoning. You know, as, 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 tech, technical, as technical fanboy as I am, I think there's going to get a time where people are just going to be like, we don't. Some company goes out as a business or just to like, forget it. Like that's why I download all my photos too. I have them in cloud and different well, services, but I keep them local World of too. Warcraft ever goes away, you know, like my, my, I know, my man. slash played on that game is awesome. an embarrassingly large number. And once that, like that, they're basically gone then. Like right now I know I can still install that game, log on and my dude will be standing exactly where he was standing however many years ago when I logged off, which is, I don't know, gives me a little bit of comfort that he's still out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still alive. Like, uh, who owns, and that's the other thing is, who owns it? Do you own that character because you put so much in? or some, Like, I feel like a company like that, they have to honor the fact, like, um, you know, it's almost like keeping life support on. Like, they just have to keep a server alive somewhere because that's my right. property now. That's not theirs. I paid them money for so long. Probably if you think about how much we paid over the course of whatever WoW was, what is it, 14 years old? Like over the 14 years at 15 bucks a month, I don't even want to think about how much money it was probably spent over oh, a decade totally. to keep that character alive. Plus if you think about all the like eBay, like black market stuff going on, you know, <laughs> like there was significant yeah. money spent on that game. Oh yeah. I sold an EverQuest character in 
Oh, I am in, uh, let's see here, Phil, 14, 13, wow. 12 days. I'm at BlizzCon. Never gone. So it'll be my entire first time. I've seen the virtual ones, but I will be at BlizzCon. I'm super jealous. And leave my kids first time. Yeah. We'll have to do it one mm-hmm. time. I mean, this is the only time I'm taking my kids. Yeah. Um, we, we'll have to time it. You and I have BlizzCon so that we can go and we have once. Europe as our two um, trips that we need to do. Yeah. Well, if you're up for it in uh, March, I got invited out with the people I know to go out in oh, wow. during St. Patrick's Day in Dublin. And mm-hmm. uh, and Mike's going to try and go too. And then uh, I have another buddy over in Edinburgh, Scotland. So go hit um, St. Patrick's Day and then go over nice. to Scotland and get some nice whiskey. So that would be I'll March, have to keep around that March mind. time frame. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's nice because I know mm-hmm. – yeah. people there who live there so they'll take us to the places that i bet are amazing so let's uh let's because uh, i got the, i, I want to get because i'm seeing some things here that i didn't even realize so 1985 mm-hmm. nes and sega going at it i'm still on commodore then super yeah. nintendo comes out after the genesis and don't and forget this the, the turbo graphics 16 and the genesis were like story. head-to-head there that those were like the Master System and NES yeah, of the next generation. 10, yeah. I never had that one, but it's pulling yeah, in it 10 had, million. Yeah, it had um, Blazing so Lasers, um, uh, Dungeon Explorer. There was like uh, – so my, my my buddy down the street, Mike, had one, and I would go there and I'd, I'd play his games. And sometimes we would we would trade uh, we would trade consoles oh, yeah, I so I could work my way through his TurboGrafx games. And what's interesting is – there start like I remember CD-ROMs technology hitting the PC mm-hmm. scene, and then it started to hit the console. So, yeah. Turbo Graphics had one, Sega CD, play Echo, and then the, the next gen of consoles all had it in- <laughs> on, on the Sega. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's right. And then uh, the next gen all had it included. Oh. Remember that was such a big thing; it wasn't going to be yeah. cartridges. Well, so after the like, after the um, the Super um, Nintendo is when we, you and I bought our 3DOs. Well, wait, hold, hold on, on right there. Um, handheld consoles because <laughs> that's what i was gonna say because i totally forgot about this but there's a section i had a game boy i played castlevania and super mario so this is when i started to get the nintendo book so it was like wow this is great and i totally dizzy my eyes are mm-hmm. shot to crap and i feel like i'm gonna throw up but that was the best time playing for an hour on this well, little you, green you had screen the atari links too because you let me borrow it and you had columns you had columns I on it i had and I played games. columns as if my life depended on it for like an entire weekend. Yeah, I mean, because it, it was gra- – you're right. For me, it was graphics. I was like, look at this thing. It's full color. Now, look at Game Boy. Almost mm-hmm. 119 million sold. That's a Atari staggering Lynch, 3 million number. Sold. I mean, that's just – that's so different. Yeah. And Sega Game mm-hmm. Gear. I had Sega Game Gear too. I never had any of them. 10 million sold. I was like a purist. To me, yeah. the, the video I game mean, had to be on a Nintendo, TV, yeah. full size – in fact, at that point, I was like all about S video. Like it had to be, you know, there had to be a certain level of quality. They were even starting to do like nice stereo sound in those things too. So you could have like a decent sound system going. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they started to have seat, like they could play full streaming right. CD music from a CD. So they mm-hmm. can include the audio tracks, which you couldn't get in the cartridges. Remember that was the first oh, thing yeah. like, oh, yeah. this is yep. CD quality sound. Mm-hmm. It's like 44 gigahertz or so. So now I remember this, we're at college and you're showing mm-hmm. me all oh, these we were, kind of, we were doing games. a little bit of, um, and so Madden football and super <laughs> and street fighter two. And you would Blanca me, Blanca bite me 
right before physics on a regular basis. I would, I would yeah. Have, oh, yeah, I would that's Hadouken, right. Yeah. Hadouken, 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 Hadouken. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So right. So this is freshman year, freshman year, 93. And so I'm like, I want to get a console. So, see, I totally mm-hmm. forgot about it. So now I'm like, I want to get a console. I want something that I don't have to worry about all this configuration with PC and windows. And, and besides it's, it's, it's like new and exciting. So I've read about some of my favorite people, the Commodore Amiga creators, and they're creating this new console. They're selling the technology to mm-hmm. let be licensed out. So that's what was weird about 3DO. So like Panasonic did the first one and all. But it was the promise. And, and what happened was a lot of the Amiga games that I loved with companies like Cygnosis and Bullfrog, all mm-hmm. these games were going to come out for it. So the thing hits oh, yeah. and it's super so it's expensive. It's like $600. So if you look at that, it was like, yeah, and in and nowadays mm-hmm. it's that would have been like fifteen hundred bucks in in stuff now, but it had equivalent of PC because this was the time where PC cards started to come out, three D cards, and they were like eight hundred bucks. So it was like for you could have a hundred bucks more, you could do the three D thing on your PC, or you could just get this console. And look at that, only two million sold, man. Well, it's so sad. We love those games, and I have that. You saw it. Did I send you the picture? Yeah, you of did. What my all my three D. I games? just remember popping in Road Rash, and it yeah. changed my life. I was like, this compared to the Sega oh, Genesis. Yeah, yeah it Sound had Garden. that whole Soundgarden soundtrack, and then they came out with FIFA, and um, you you could, I mean, you had the you actually had Dolby Pro Logic sound coming out of this thing. So now now you you sound like you're in a stadium, and it was just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, what was FIFA. that called? Yep. That was FIFA Soccer. First right? FIFA, I think, came the out Giga. on the 3DO. And I just, I, I loved that system. I remember having mm-hmm. um, the the controller. This was the first controller I can think of that oh, had a yeah. headphone jack on it. So when we were in the dorm, I could plug in my headphones mm-hmm. and get and game and not bother anybody. Because before then, consoles right. had to blast out into the whole room. Nowadays, you can just plug it into anything with, mm-hmm. with PlayStation or, or Xbox. And the best thing about 3DO, Daisy Chain joysticks. So if you're losing in Street Fighter, you just unplug <laughs> your buddy and then kick his butt. Uh. <laughs> uh, I bet you would do it like slowly, be in the middle of a fight, and you'd be like, what's going on with my controller? WTF, it's not working. And then you'd bust out laughing. It's the best. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that a little detail. Yeah. It was nice. All right. So now remember this? There was Next oh, Gen yeah. Mag. I, I have a couple yep. copies. I'll have to show you next to my stick. And I remember reading about Sony was going to enter the market with a console mm-hmm. that was dedicated to 3D. And it was called the PlayStation. And this was like Nintendo and Sony were going to build something. And then something happened mm-hmm. and Sony decided to go their own way. Look at that, 102 million they sold. So this is this is the console I fell in love with consoles. So when PlayStation came out, I remember playing Need for Speed on the PlayStation, mm-hmm. which was one of my favorites for 3DL, oh, yeah, and amazing. it was like night and day. And I played it. For, I played it for hours. And 
that this really changed the console market, in my opinion, was PlayStation. It was one of those things where like people who may not have had consoles ever mm-hmm. before got one. People who hadn't been hadn't like for me, PlayStation is when yeah. people started calling themselves gamers. In like a main, they mainstream cru- they way, crushed, right? uh, Like Nintendo came agree? out with the sixty four, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't the PlayStation. It wasn't even close. And the Se- Sega Saturn, like uh, you know, yeah. yeah, I think your brother had one of those. He did, and that just yeah. got wrong timing. Uh, uh, same thing with Dreamcast, just, yeah. which was the next one. They got smoked with the timing too. Great for I mean. Sega always had amazing game play in their games. Great games, but just yeah, the and they they, um, time, right? they they came first to market with the Dreamcast and it was a pretty awesome system. It had Crazy Taxi on it, and I still have mine because it had a um an arcade perfect version yeah, of Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which is still probably one of the the few things where people just buy dreamcast just for that game so they could have it because that you know when you when you talk to the to the you know fighting game purists that's you know that along with street fighter 2 are two of the you know quintessential um fighting games yeah that's what i met brian when you guys Mm -hmm. were all playing that game when i came over and so here, let's talk about this for a second, because what I think is interesting, all right, so, and, and basically Sony owned two generations there. They came out with PlayStation and then the PlayStation 2. Nobody. And nobody could touch them. And, and you can see the numbers here. PlayStation 2, 155,000. Xbox only 24. Dreamcast 9. Now, I got the Xbox and I modded it, because to me, I was somebody coming from yeah. the PC background. I was Stick like, a oh, this is like a it. PC. Yep. Had a lot of the same tile. Yeah. But PS2 still had the games. And I think what happened, I think we need to talk about the DualShock controller, right? Because mm-hmm. I play some of these 3DO games and there is no second controller. And and maybe it was even, maybe we got to give credit to uh, James Bond with Nintendo. Like somebody created the ability to use one thumbstick to look up and down the other one to move around. That uh-huh. was like a huge thing yeah. that happened in consoles that people forget about. Because shooters where you can only use a mouse and keyboard and nobody could figure it out. How do you do this without getting sick on a controller? And uh, Sony with the PlayStation, remember in the middle of the PlayStation? And I totally forgot about this uh, until I started using the joysticks is in the middle of the PlayStation mm-hmm. life. They came out with the analog DualShock and there was a button and you could turn on analog and games like Final Fantasy let you do that. So you, the, the first sticks on the PlayStation, even though they, they had the dual thumbsticks, they wouldn't mm-hmm. be analog. It would just move. Oh, wait, no, no. It only had the, I'm sorry, it only had the up, down, left, right. Yeah. If you could picture that on the PlayStation controller, maybe you can load up a picture, you'll see. And then the DualShock with the two analog sticks. I think that's yeah, really well, what Yeah, all of a sudden you could do shooters game. on these things and, and it was smooth as silk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every controller since then has had yeah. the yeah, dual if you, if you look at the Dreamcast controller, sticks, it's- it was the biggest piece of crap. I mean, this thing barely even fit in an adult's hands, let alone a, <laughs> a, a, a child. It still wasn't as big as the Duke. They call it They call it the Duke. Remember the oh Duke? Oh, my That's God. The it was like Xbox holding controller. a, a shoebox in your hand with buttons on it. And then, and then yeah. the, um, the Nintendo 64 controller looked like some kind of freakish boomerang or something. Like, that thing was just weird. You know, I mean, Nintendo always tried to innovate, and sometimes they got it right, and sometimes they got it wrong. Like, I respect them for that. But, uh, you know, there is something to be said for um, 
for the thing that's the the most tactile, you know, the thing that's that's right there in your hands. That thing's got to be right. Like if you want to experiment with the shape of the console and like, you know, hang it on the wall or stand it up, whatever you want to do, that's cool. But like the controller at, at this stage in the game, we're what, sixth generation now or something? Like you should fit more or less know what works and what doesn't. Exactly. And mm-hmm. wireless. We had these long freaking things like um placed it when did the dual shock wireless i think that came through third party yeah because there's third a lot of times you could get these third party add-ons that would use like batteries and stuff but it wasn't yeah. normal you still had wires all over the place yeah and uh, that was huge once you could actually game wirelessly and then the other thing i realized looking at my old consoles was the shift from composite video 3DO had S-Video, but none of the others did. I think you could get a cable for Dreamcast, even VGA with Dreamcast, but that was a little different. Everybody was this this composite. And then remember um, 1080i and 720p mm-hmm. and 480i, all the HD resolutions started coming out. So suddenly yeah. you could have component cables, which were the red, green, all of that. So Xbox yep, and um, PS2. And you'd still have the, the, the two-channel audio. You know, I don't think they had um, digital audio until until later on. Five point one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, optical audio out. First Xbox might have had. That. Yeah. Um, like you could use like the like a fiber cable or something for your audio. You can have the first Xbox. I have an adapter. I'll have to show it to you that did allow mm-hmm. digital audio out. Yeah, so it was called yep. like the yep. HD pack. Exactly what and so it would allow you to and do it had the, com- like, the component video too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And here's the interesting thing that I totally forgot about too. A lot of these consoles were four three. So when HD hit, TV started to go to sixteen by nine. And I remember the like Mike was the first one to get a sixteen by nine TV. And then we hooked the console up and you had blackboards on the side. And I was like, what is this? This is garbage. Why doesn't the games do it? And so then the game developers had to decide, how do I render in 10 by nine? Like, what do I do with this real estate? Cause everything was four, right. it was four by three. Yeah. Nowadays you just assume it's 16 by nine. And so that was another huge shift in gaming. So like talk about a magical age for consoles, right? All of a sudden they're going to, surround sound 5.1 they're getting online ca- connectivity that's not another thing we talked about and before then you and i if we wanted to play a shooter together we needed to kick off our pcs but suddenly we could connect play together in our living room wireless uh joysticks dual controls uh dual analog sticks we're getting hd support we're getting surround support and then hard drives started to hit um I think I had a hard drive pack for my PS2. I have to look over it, but I think it did have a little hard drive you could mm-hmm. buy and add on. And the Xbox came with one. So suddenly now you have the ability to copy stuff to hard drives. So basically everything that was cool about the PC, multiplayer, hard drives, graphics, all of that in that generation, I feel like it caught up to like an older PC because the PC continued to innovate with new graphics cards, but then that became the conversation, right? It was like, well, does it have the new NVIDIA card, right? Cause consoles, P, uh, like video cards for PCs are like on a six to 12 month schedule, but oh, consoles yeah. would last for like seven years. You know what else I realized you know? at this stage in the game, and, you know, so early on, 
like the Ataris and the ColecoVisions, the whole game was about um, scores. You know, like you you were succeeding the higher your score got. And then the Nintendo and and the Master System and like that, you know, the next couple generations were about actually completing some sort of a like, you know, stages or some sort of chapter like um, like game, you know, progression. And you you could finish the game and see credits. And that was like a thing, you know, and so it wasn't about scores anymore. And then when you got to, you know, when you had the capacity and and, and um, the audio quality and all that, all of a sudden these games start really telling stories. And that's when they started having like crazy cinematics in it. And, you know, you could have, you know, sometimes multiple endings and stuff like that. Like that's when it really playing games really started to become more about like um, telling a story than ever before. I mean, the legend of Zelda, I think, you know, um, there was a story there, but a lot of these games, it was just getting through stages, beating bosses. And, you know, there was almost no story there at all, at all. But, uh, but with these games, just the quality of the artwork and the storytelling and everything, it was, it was comparable to renting a movie. Yeah. I, you're absolutely right. Like I remember talking with you around square, right? So square, I didn't even think they were square Enix back then. They were square. And we were talking about the RPGs. Like they even made amazing ones on Nintendo. And we were like, imagine what they're going to do yeah. with all the space on a CD-ROM. And then they went buck wild where it was like mm-hmm. you were watching an anime yeah. for 10 minutes. And you're like, I want to play already. Smashing but the X button. Like, Come on. <laughs> yeah, but it was such amazing pre-rendered stuff because there was no like huge anime IG, like you see everything in mm-hmm. movies nowadays, but the movies weren't like that. Well, then, uh, maybe it's a couple of sci-fi movies. If you wanted a fully 3D rendered experience, cinematic yep. experience, you got that on the mm-hmm. console, like an RPG. And you would play, I remember playing games so that like I was treated with the end cinematic. And you would watch the end cinematic because the end cinematic was computer graphics you had never seen anywhere before in your life. And you were like, can you believe that they actually created this thing? Like, look at this oh, dragon it, in three. And, and they knew that thing. that was that was the yeah. the the payload. You know, they had to deliver on those end like cinematic sequences because that was like it was like the last scene of a movie. You know, it's it's the thing that you're going to remember most of all about the thing. Yeah, and look at the. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the modern consoles. You got me all thinking about modern day now with all the storytelling. PS4, which is my primary console now too. Uh, 81 million compared to only 30 million on Xbox One and Switch. I mean, PlayStation just yeah. dominating. Although this Microsoft, generation Microsoft again. has definitely, and I haven't. They've they've done a decent job of um of playing in the same space. You know, I would say the Wii was like the fun console, but the real consoles were the PlayStation and the Xbox. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, we're still an Xbox house because. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I worked on Microsoft. I even worked in the Xbox group. Um, and uh, so my kids were raised on Xbox. <laughs> so they don't have PlayStation. They're both on Xbox. That's where all their friends are on Xbox. So I see a lot of that stuff. I got the PlayStation because of the PS4 Pro. So the, I actually, I went 4K with the TV. I went 4K. So this is an interesting generation for me. Is I went 4K on console before I went on PC. In fact, I just went 4K on PC 
yeah. a week and a half ago, I got not. the new NVIDIA <clears throat> 2080. So it's like, I think we've, cause that's how we started having this conversation is like, we finally hit the dream here in 2018 where the consoles now. Well, what sucks surpassed is our PC that my rates. eyes suck now. And so if they improve the graphics and games, I'm not going to even be able to tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your eyes, your eyes, everything sucks. I hold a controller and then my, oh my I've God. got carpal tunnel surgery can't in both hear. hands. I freaking <laughs> elbows. I'm like, oh, I can't, sit, I can't sit this long. Get up. Yeah. I mean, that's like yep. so freaking sad. I'm like, I just, mm-hmm. my, get, my kids game on like an uncomfortable chair yeah. upstairs for like four hours. Totally. So look, look at, look at the, um, the units sold you, though. So I just yeah. said the Xbox and the PlayStation were the real gamers, um, systems, but they were at 85 million, almost neck and neck, the 360 and the three. And then the Wii yeah, outsold them both. And yet it was like, you know, that was the, let's get together with friends yeah. and play Wii sports. Like that's, that's what that was. We was. And kids. We was, it was kids. regular people. The kids Not gamers. Mm-hmm. And kids. Yeah. And it was way cheaper. Yeah. Because remember how expensive those consoles were in the mm-hmm. beginning? Nintendo's price yeah. point was perfect. Man, that's that um yeah. that's Super Mario Bro- Brothers game for the Wii. That's top ten for me. I mean, that was a perfect game. It was a perfect game. Oh wow. I never game. even played that a one. Perfect game. I never had a Wii. And I remember my um my son went to a birthday party. And I was on the final stage of this game, and uh, and I beat it. And it was so hard, the last board, like so much stuff going on, Bowser's chasing you, there's lava, there's everything. And I beat it, and I was like the happiest I think I've been in a long time. And, I, and then I realized my son didn't see me do it, so now I have to do this again. So when he came home, when he came home, Oh wow! I showed him like what happened and that I beat it because you could actually see that it was defeated. And then I and then I went back into it and I beat it again first try with him watching, which was like I thought it was going to take me an hour of banging away at this thing to to do it again. I did it first try. That was one of one of my major life gaming awesome. accomplishments was that first try Bowser beat down. See, this is another thing. We've like this life because now it's been. A, I have been gaming for the most part of my life because looking at these timelines, yeah, me I've too. been gaming for almost forty years, and so I've passed that on to my kids. Here's the funny thing, because and you have uh, boys and girls, and, and and I mean you know I have a different situation with your with your family too, um, but for me, my girls now in ninth grade and fifth grade go, Dad. All the boys think it's so cool that I game. <laughs> and I thought it was I thought it was a boy girl thing and it's not, dude. I was totally wrong. Like all of my oldest yeah, all her my, friends that are girls don't game. Either. It's all my the, youngest all daughter plays boy. Minecraft and and the, my older yeah. daughter will play Minecraft on a very rare occasion. And we've we've done so we have the Switch, which means they can all do like the Wii racing and stuff. So they'll every now and then they'll they'll um do Mario Kart together. Yeah. But mostly um, it's my son playing Fortnite, man, and my younger son watching, and then it's all the uh, like the, the iPad stuff. Like they could they could have that TV right in front of them wow. with the 4K and like the you know um, like whatever high definition yeah. audio, and they're staring at this like iPad screen playing some lame like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, not me. Like uh 
the I, I told you Divinity Two is one of the best RPGs I've ever played in my life, and that wow. I played that on PS4 Pro. Um, and there's um, yeah, it's just amazing. The controls are, and I have it on PC, and the controls on the on the console are better. And now that's Red Dead sell a Red Dead Redemption's coming out. Yeah, that's that's coming out. That's going to be so. Here, here's like the weird thing for me. I got a switch out. because. It's hard for me to have a Zelda game come out and not play it, and I never beat it. Like, like for me, um, I think I'm consoled out, like lifetime consoled out. I just don't see it ever being better than it was. Like, I don't see myself ever playing another MMO the way I did WoW. Like, I just don't think it can ever be any better than that. Maybe I'm wrong, but like I've had that experience, and and I also feel like. For the consoles, everything that's coming now is the same games, more or less, just better graphics and maybe a little bit longer or maybe like now a lot of the online stuff is really taking off, you know, but I don't, you know, like the original Halo is a whole lot like the current Call of Duties to me, like as far as I'm concerned. And I could be wrong because I don't play them, but Grand Theft Auto was ridiculous and and i would say that was an exception and the newest zelda was ridiculous but i still i'm i'm not playing it yeah it's it's i don't know it's like for me Mm -hmm. i still love playing wow it's different though because you guys aren't there so wow to me how i go and progress a character through a narrative and you said it best we recorded an episode on this and you put it all in perspective for me is that WoW was the mm-hmm. first game that was a world. So if I don't, if I just feel like going into a world mm-hmm. with a character I've worked on and just going and seeing things and whatever, it's just a world that I can go and, it's and a, be a part of. It's a very of. So that's rich what attracts world, me there. You know? And so you could have whatever day you're having at work yeah. and you go into this world and it's got 10 years of history for you and it's got quests and you know your way around and you are like godlike in your powers and it's you know you can uh i'm not in battle for azeroth man that's what they think that i struggled (laughs) with coming from legion is it's like it's very it's like maritime it's like i'm back in the i don't know turd again but they had to because legion was the most epic thing where they they wrapped up storylines they had been telling for 20 years so where do you go from there? You have to reboot. And so that's why for the first like month, I had a hard time playing it. I think we did an episode too where I was like, mm-hmm. like I just I can't get into it. And so what happened was I was listening to a podcast. Maybe it was the instance, or somebody told me, they said, This is classic. This has a retro feel because it's totally horde versus alliance, even the PvE kind of like oh, remember yeah. um yeah. Arathi Highlands, like when we first did. So this is what they did, Phil. They redid the whole thing. Modern day, it's this instance zone with you build an entire horde base and that that alliance base that's always been on the other side, you freaking conquer that thing. You make a siege to it. And so to me, I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is the thing 14 years ago that there was those NPCs that would go down the street. They even redid the ogre caves around there. And so I'm like, I finally feel like now, and it's all instance. So like your base gets built up. It's very Warcraft 2. And it's not PvP. It's like you play with other players because even the PvE content is PvP. So it's that's when it all finally clicked for me. I'm like, this is retro. This is 2004. And then they put in this thing called war mode. 
And now everybody's PVPing in the open world and you get all these bonuses. So it's truly like what I remember WoW Classic being. There's this whole theme of when I see, when I'm out there and I see another horde player around me, I feel safe. You know what I'm saying? Because you know that somebody else has got your back. So that's what's changed for me. That was Dark Age of Camelot when I'd be leveling up out in the frontier. And if I knew there were some big boys around me, I'd be like, all right, I'm not going to get ganked here. Exactly. So that's how I'm looking yeah. at it. I'm, I'm really, now. I'm really looking forward um, to this Red Dead Redemption Two game. Like it's basically, and I've never, I never played the first one, but it seemed like Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West. Uh, first one's awesome. If you have a Xbox, have do you have Xbox, Xbox One or PS4? Yeah. Okay, so go. You could probably get a cheap copy of it or download it. But the thing that Microsoft did, which I thought is great, is if you have an Xbox One, and if you have an, even the newer one, I forget what it's called, uh, Xbox One X S or something, Xbox One X. Um, regardless, if you play the old, there's certain mm-hmm. games that they allow you to load up through Xbox 360 oh, cool. emulation in high res. So you can actually, if you support, you can play all the way up to 4K, the original Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, I heard it was amazing. You get it super cheap, so you can go through the whole story. Yeah, I that's what I I played it. It's it was great, man. It was like because uh, I I agree with you, and like some of the things you were talking about, I completely agree with. In that there hasn't been a lot of inv- in innovation the way we saw in like let's let's think about this for a little bit in our gaming career. We saw the invention right. of a real-time strategy game, the invention of the first-person shooter, the invention of a massy multiplayer online, of the invention of, of a platformer. Like, I mean, pole that, position. Yeah, there right? is none of that. Look anymore. at look at pole position and, and what that was, and then look at what Gran Turismo was. Like, we we played basically everything in between. Can you get any better than that? You know, like how does racing get better than Gran Turismo? It doesn't. Yeah. Like even the Gran Turismo that came out for the play, the original PlayStation. You know, basically whatever the newest games are are mostly that game with better graphics, and you know that's about it. Better sound and graphics, and it's awesome. Yep, but it's not that much different. So I think. Th- yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's about the stories. What are going right. to what what where are you going to be able to like Red Dead Redemption? I'll be able to escape into, which is why I like the um, but Destiny Two as well. But that, but, uh, I'm sorry, Divinity but he, Two. But here's another but point I, though. I so think, yeah. look at the difference between the consoles when we were going through, where every console gave you a meaningfully different experience. You know, like I would say, the difference between the uh, the the last generation and current generation is like 4K. A lot of the online stuff, like now you're not doing so much disc based stuff. You're like downloading it. But is the gameplay experience that different? I would say not really. But when you look at the Nintendo, like you played Bases Loaded, right? This thing that had you know four bogus teams that don't even exist. And it didn't even save anything. And then, you know, as the Nintendo iterated, like RBI Baseball came out and it, it saved stats and it let you create players. And then the next system had even more and you could draft, whole, you know, it was it was real licensed players and you could put yourself on the Yankees. And it just, you know, like the current version of these games is basically still just that. Like if you look at the, the 2K games, they're trying real hard to figure out how to keep you interested in those games because it's just the newest rosters and then they come up with some sort of a like career mode or some sort of solo mode and 
you know, it's like, I look at it and it's stupid. Like it's, it's just silly. You know, it's, it's not really adding to the game for me. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Uh, from, cause we we're looking at, like, I'm looking at this as 4k graphics, like all that continues to innovate, but you're right. Gameplay stay the same. I think, have, have you done no. PlayStation VR maybe that'll or anything in VR? Thing. Next time you, yeah. Next time you're over, I'll show it to you. That's mm-hmm. what I've played Skyrim in VR. Um, it's pretty incredible, like how it changes things. I was surprised how much it changes things. So I think that's, but the problem is you can't stay yeah. in there for too long because you start to feel sick. Mm-hmm. So I think they have they to need get the around holiday, that. Man. But what do you say about, because one thing we didn't talk about, like if you look at mm-hmm. your iPad or your iPhone as a console, oh, you think there's sure. been innovation there? For sure, but it's not, the, it's not a better experience. You know, the difference is I can't, um, I can't play my PlayStation when I'm taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> or when I'm on the train going for, <laughs> to work or something like, you know, like what's nice about these devices is that you can play the game. It's a, it's a toned down version of whatever you're doing. And it's like, you know, usually a couple minutes worth of gaming and then you're back to doing what else you're doing. Very rarely are you going to play one of these games in a handheld yeah. for the same amount of time that, you know, like, listen, when, when, when super Zelda came out on the super Nintendo, you remember, I told you that story. I bought it on a Friday night. And then that guy, Josh, that we were friends with um, at in college, came into my dorm room. We played it. I played it. And he watched me until midnight. He, he asked me, what time are you getting up tomorrow morning? I, I told him when. He was, he was in my room. We went and got breakfast, went back, played the game all through the day. He watched me all day long. And I beat the game in a weekend. Like, you're not doing that. You're not doing that on an iPad. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's not a communal yeah. experience. It's what you said. And I love, private, I love, private time um, it's kind of is like me and me and Brian, we play clash Royale together and we'll get right on voice just like this and, um, and do two versus two, you know, versus whatever other scrubs we come up against. And we can do that for a few hours. So if, if, you know, so that's a thing. And like Hearthstone, I remember being, um, you know, on vacation with, Actually, I think it was also with him, and we were all just around a campfire playing Hearthstone together, like playing games against each other and stuff. But it's it's not uh, it's not as immersive, you know. If you don't have that social aspect to it, the games are really about just you know, a lot of it's getting a high score, you know, or or just killing time. Yeah. Wow, man, lots of um, just a journey that we've been on, and you know what's. I feel really fortunate and blessed to have gone through is I've lived through both mm-hmm. the computer and the console revolution. We saw the beginning yeah. of it and all the way up yeah, to these now. kids don't know. We, we and tell them care. stories. <laughs> everything's just, uh-huh. everything's awesome now. So they don't, right. they don't care, but I do think they, some of them look back. What's interesting is I'm, mm-hmm. I'm starting to see it in the retro scene. Like, people that are in what are the original NES? Cause you could see the numbers of those NES things, how they sold out. Like people want to, know what it was like and i mm-hmm. think a lot of those people are like you phil they want to see how the gameplay like they hear about the gameplay mm-hmm. and how hard games were they're not people that that are like like they don't care that the graphics are 8-bit they care yeah. about what it and feels what's like funny is if that. i were to play a game right now that was as punishing as ninja gaiden was the first one I don't even think I would oh, want to play. Like I, would just be, I don't have time for yeah. this. I mean, maybe if I was a ten-year-old kid or twelve-year-old kid or whatever, you know, you have all the time in the world for that stuff. Because I know my 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 kids, 
they can bang away at some of these games like Fortnite. I have no, uh, I have no desire to learn how to build, you know, a fort five levels up in four seconds. Like, you know, like that's a thing for them. But at the same time, I can tell you that when they, they see me on my PC playing Overwatch, they stand there and, and they're like, Oh, like dad, dad can play, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. I mean, you're great at shooters. Isn't Fortnite um, oh, yeah. yep. cross plat yeah. now too? I don't know how. So you could go on your PC, but I yeah, I'm the same way. I've always sucked at shooters anyway. But I think there's a different appeal to what kids are. It's mm-hmm. it's the sandbox of Minecraft, yeah, or the battle royale that you over. see of Fortnite are two immense. Yeah, uh, it just sucks in. Yeah, I mean, Call of Duty just came out with like a Fortnite killer, basically. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you go oh, on do? Twitch, you can see people streaming it. And it's basically Fortnite with Call of Duty mechanics. Very cool. All right. When we talked way over, I'm going to uh, – we'll wrap up this stream. But, mm-hmm. um, man, so good reminiscing. And um, I'm going to get – I'm going to order it, do man. It. I'm going to get the I Sega MT it. thing. Cool. And then you can come over and we can play. Hook it up on the thing. All right, man. All right. Great talking, man. See you. Later.